What's up, golf addicts? It's David. Thanks for downloading this week's episode of the Tour Junkies podcast, where Pat and I have an incredible guest interview to get it started with Will Wilcox, PGA Pro and DFS darling. We really appreciate Will being on the show. He gives us some great content. After after Will, we try to shorten it up a little bit and give you our preview and picks for the Zurich Classic from TPC Louisiana. We also hit some of the big stories of the week. So you got the big cat showing up at the Junior Invitational at Sage Valley, hitting some balls. And you got, of course, hashtag SB2K16 with Spieth, Fowler, Thomas, and Kaufman. That was a, that was a big deal. And then we, we, got some, we got some news on our boy Kisner and, and his suspension at Palmetto. So thanks for downloading the show. It's going to be a good one. Here comes Will Wilcox, and uh, Pat and I will follow with picks. Thanks again for downloading, and may your screens be green. All right, golf addicts, welcome back. Pat Perry with my buddy David Barnett. We have got an absolute, just incredible special guest coming on here with us. A guy who played golf at UAB and Clayton State. He's currently 137th in the official world golf rankings. Last year, he had nine top 25s, four top 10s. And this year, he's had three top 25s and two top 10s so far. Even though he is an Auburn fan, we're going we're gonna to let him on the show. Mr. Will Wilcox. How you doing, Will? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for having me. Um, who who do y'all root for then? If you don't like Auburn, who do you like? <laughs> we're both bulldogs. We're we're bulldogs, man. Oh, uh, I, I could I knew y'all were from the south, but I didn't know y'all were bulldogs. That's a pretty heated rivalry, Auburn and I know Auburn and them. Well, we didn't we didn't want to tell you that until after we got you on. So so, so now that we got you, you know it's, it is what it is. So. Wow. wow, the enemy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, listen. Uh, let, let, we'll talk a little golf stuff first, but then we'll get we'll get into into more of the fun stuff. But talk to us a little bit about you know the status of your game right now, just kind of your season so far. You know, some things you might be working on, and 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 just 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 what's going on on the course for you. Um, I mean, it's finally starting to come around. I've been I've been playing awful, and um, you know, but I've I've only been missing cuts by like one or. I think maybe I missed one by two, but anyways, going into last week, I dismissed two straight by one shot, and I've been just sitting back like, this is the worst I've hit the ball since I turned pro. Like, I didn't, I mean, it's been, I developed a little swing mishap on New Year's Eve. I'll never forget it. My, I was, you know, I, I played so good for the last like 11 months of uh, last year, and um, it was just like kind of a coming out party, and it was just all sunshine and rainbows, and then I like, completely forgot how to hit the ball in December. Um, so I, cause I'm self-taught, I, you know, I, Rick Smith helps me some, but, um, I'm just so relieved and, um, excited about the fact that I'm not hitting it like total, you know, crap, but uh, I figured it out. And, um, you know, my arms, I was kind of swinging inside out, uh, but now I've got it, got it back on plane going through the ball. So, I'm I'm my biggest critic for sure, and I but I also I know when I'm coming around, and it it legitimately is. Last week I got some bad breaks and still finished thirty third, so I think that's a step in the right direction, and I think this next stretch is gonna be fun. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. You had a great week at the uh, at the Heritage, and uh, you got the TPC Louisiana course coming coming this week for Zurich, uh, which you played in before. So talk to us a little bit about that golf tournament and what kind of player. You know, you think that track sets up for 
And, you know, what do you have to do well to win on that golf course as opposed to others that you got to see on tour every week? I like this stretch here. Um, I've seen these courses. Um, this one's a die. It's a Pete die, I think. And um, I play at a Pete die down in Jupiter, and it's really similar to uh, that one. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it'll be like being at home, honestly. I, I love playing in the southeast on the Bermuda, and it's a course that I think it sets up for a long ball hitter, but, um, you know, big greens. Um, if you're hitting, you know, the driver pretty well, I think carrying the ball a little bit, carrying it, 285 plus will help you a lot out there, um, which I do. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, it's, it'll, it'll be like a home game down in Jupiter. That's the way I'm trying to look at it. And like I said, I'm hitting it good. So, um, but this next stretch of six, seven tournaments is, you know, I've seen most of them other than the players championship course. And, uh, so I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm acting like the season's just starting now. That, that's awesome, man. We wish you the best of luck at, uh, at the Zurich. We'll be watching you and cheering right. you on. Let me ask you a question, because this is kind of a, a heated topic in our world. How important do you think looking at a golfer is course history? Um, I mean, when it comes to a course like uh, Hilton Head or um, any kind of just windy environment, I feel like you can – I mean, the, the weather determines a lot. Um, you know, and just how people are hitting it. Like, I mean, if somebody, you know, last year, I think my friends were getting me at like 10 to one on a top 10 or 20 to one on a top five. And, you know, maybe it was like 30 or 50 to one on a win, but now I've got to be like 250 to one. So, I mean, I just, it's kind of about how you're going along, you know, it's like how good were they playing the previous weeks? Cause you know, I, I mean, of course fits your eye or it doesn't. Um, so it definitely comes into play some, but you got to look at their recent form. Um, you know, you got to be coming into something. You can't just, yeah, I mean, gen- generally you can't be just chopping all year and then you get to a course that you like and you automatically start hitting it. Awesome. Because the, you know, all the courses are hard. Right. Um, so it's like, I think, I think recent, um, performance is a better indicator. Uh, for the most, I mean, I have, I've only seen like, 20 of the courses on tour. So I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of figuring it out still. I, I, you know, I'm basically a rookie again because this year of the 12, 13 events I've played, I've maybe seen three of the courses so far. Um, and, and, and on yeah. top of that, I'm, I was hitting it the worst. I've had it. I mean, my, my stats this year, it's shocking. Um, so, I mean, I'm extremely positive and absolutely love the position I'm in because I've been able to play really poorly and still be sitting where I'm at. So I think, that's a positive too, but, um, anyways, um, you know, Absolutely. this would be a bomb show down here. I think a new Orleans, do you want to take some long headers? Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned the stats and especially last year, man, you, you were just checking every box on every stat. You were up there just striking the ball. Well, short game was great. You know, how, how much do you or your caddy or your coach, a member of your team, how much do you guys look at your stats? throughout the season and and analyze what's going on i'm aware of it i mean i know what's going decent and what's not i mean it's crazy the stats are weird because you just look at a guy like i I just randomly was looking at chris kurt's profile earlier and i mean he's not even inside the top 100 in any category but he's made a million dollars it's just like Mm -hmm. you know it just doesn't make 
I mean, last year, yeah, I hit it awesome, like, no doubt about it. But, you know, I'm still holding my own. I mean, really, though, the main stat that matters is your scoring average and your, you know, whatever, how many FedEx cut points you're getting. Um, I mean, if yeah. you're, it's amazing how guys get it in the hole and uh, you're just kind of like, wait, he just shot 68. It looked like he shot 75. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm hitting it bad off the tee and been hitting it bad into the green. You got to improve that. You got to at least be hitting it okay. And well, you know, I, I actually have to admit, you know, last year, um, watching you play and kind of, you know, when I, I was just looking at stats, the, the reason I kind of, you started really popping out to me is because you were on, on the top 10 of every single stat category. Um, it, it seemed like at least to me. So that, that was kind of interesting just because you were definitely up there in all of those. Yeah, it was a neat deal. I mean, you know, but like I say, you know, not to take too much away from it. I mean, it was still a nice accomplishment, but, you know, I only played 16 tournaments. And to be honest, mm-hmm. it was the courses that aren't very hard. I mean, they're all hard, but, the, you know, the courses that I've been playing this year, I mean, like five under is winning these things. I mean, last year I'm playing in tournaments where 19 under is winning. Um, yeah. yeah. So just tee to green, you know, I mean, you go to you go to the champ course at PGA National and, I mean, that's a lot different golf course in Puerto Rico, you know, and then you got, I mean, I played Tampa last year and, and I, I've hit it all right around there, but, um, you know, of course like LA, um, just a lot of courses where it's just, I'm just like, I don't have any idea what I'm supposed to do on the shot. So I just hit it in the worst place, worst place you possibly can. And then you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll just make triple again. Um, but you know, the courses on tour, you know, it's just, I think there's a good bit of, uh, past experience going into these things. I mean, at, at least knowing where to hit it on these blind shots. Um, right. and, uh, not that, you know, I'm, I should maybe do a little bit more. Um, you know, I don't, I don't carry yardage book in practice rounds. I'm mostly just like listening to music and like talking crap to everybody. So, you know, it's just, I don't focus enough out there, but you know, I'll get there. Well, so, you know, looking back, you know, now that you have, uh, you know, had a little bit over a year on tour, you know, if you were the PGA commissioner, what are what are maybe two or three things that you would change immediately just, just about the tour? Um, I mean, I'm not finding a whole lot wrong with it at this point. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's extremely, you know, maybe bump up the, uh, you know, the, the pace of play. I think the pace of play can get, a little bad sometimes, especially if you're in the last couple of groups on the weekend. I mean, people are extremely, extremely delivered out there. I mean, so maybe pace of play and I don't know, it'd be a, I don't know, maybe a little more education for the players on like humility. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I think, I just think that there's, there's a lot of, I think they need to be dulled down a little bit. Some, some of the people get a little too, uh, they treat volunteers bad people treat fans bad um you know and it's just kind of like i feel like players need more education that we're not god's gift to the earth unfortunately i think that's mom and daddy's uh problem that, that some of these boys yeah raise, but right? i just feel like it's putting it sheds a bad light i play with guys and you know they just they don't act very nice and i think that puts a bad light on the whole tour i mean then it just kind of you know from a fan's perspective and you know if somebody talks down to you or makes you feel like an idiot for standing somewhere i mean I think we all just need to bring it back in a little bit. And yes, mom and dad should have should have helped, but they didn't. <laughs> yeah, talking about some of the players out on tour, who do you think is maybe the most misunderstood uh, as far as the fans and, and maybe the media? I mean, you know, for the most part, everybody's pretty cool out there. Maybe Bubba. I mean, he's got 
He's got, uh, I mean, that's kind of everybody's go-to, I bet. I mean, I think he's got, mm-hmm. like, serious social anxiety thing going on, and that's what he said on, what was it, 60 Minutes or something? Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't actually see it, but I heard that that's what he was saying. And, uh, you know, just the, <clears throat> I think it's easy to get misunderstood out there. Um, you know, unless you just say something like the Patrick Reed top five comment, you know, maybe that wasn't too bright, but the kids like rank like eight in the world now. So <laughs> I think it's time for everybody yeah. to be like, all right, he's not that much of a jackass. <laughs> he's actually pretty <laughs> damn good. Um, but, uh, Bubba, you know, I mean, out there, people just, people that have, People just assume that he's just, you know, an ass, but I think he, uh, he just got more, he doesn't like being in crowds and every day when he goes to work, there's 20,000 people staring at him. Yeah. I was, I was hoping you'd say Bubba, like I'm kind of a Bubba apologist. I like Bubba and I feel like I do, I do feel like he's a little, he's a little misunderstood. Um, I, I don't know if you saw the video this weekend that Ted Scott posted of those guys in China and Bubba impersonating him and, uh, yeah. Ted impersonating Bubba. That was pretty funny. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I could see the social anxiety thing completely. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's a weird deal out there. You know, I haven't always been somebody that enjoyed being in crowds either. I bet people of some fans or whoever that I crossed paths with earlier on in my career, I mean, I bet they're like, this kid's nuts. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you just walk around out there and you're just like, sometimes, especially if you're playing bad, you're like, the last thing I want is these hundred people to watch me at this shot. <laughs> right. It's just like, please look away. Um, yeah, I can but, never relate to hitting, hitting a golf shot with that many people watching. That's for sure. Playing the member guest somewhere and, you know, <laughs> sometimes there's going to be a big crowd behind the green on those. This is true. This is true. So what's, what's the biggest misconception that the average golf fan has about life on tour? Probably just that, you know, because obviously the spotlight's always on the guys that are, you know, they, everybody talked about how, um, Jordan Spieth made $50 million. Like, Oh my God, $50 million. Um, that is really, really cool. But that's one guy. Um, you know, everybody, th- I mean, we're getting the bills paid, but, and I'm not like complaining about the, um, but I think everybody just thinks it's just pure glamor constantly. Like, you know, I'm still flying coach. I mean, well, I did fly first class for a little while, but, um, now I'm giving myself a kick in the, in the ass. I'm not, I'm, I'm, <laughs> basically punishing myself. I'm playing all coach. I don't care what seat it is. Just put me in there. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, it's not all just, you know, glitz and glamour and private jets and like stuff like that. It's, you know, it's a grind. <laughs> it's still, um, it's still a grind. Uh, you know, when you get in the, the heat of the battle out there, you know, you, I mean, it's, it's just a constant mental, just not torture, but I've, I call it golf prison before when you're just in this, you know, purgatory of confusion out there and, you know, it just can be really mentally draining and uh, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just that stuff you see on TV, you know, the guy lifting up the check at the end of the tournament. Um, no one, I mean, you know, you don't ever have to win and you can still have a great career, but you know, like my aunt was saying to me one day, she was just like, I just feel so horrible for the guy that loses every, I was just like, and it's 155 (laughs) losers every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you look at players like, I mean, Charles Howell, who's from our neck of the woods in Augusta. I mean, he's had an incredible career on tour. I mean, I think he's top 25 in, in earnings, but he's only had one victory maybe. So, but, but I don't know. I'd take it. <laughs> or three, I thought. Oh, he's, he, when people ask me my favorite person to play with, I mean, you know, between, I don't know, Lucas Glover definitely is up there, but I'd say, uh, 
Charles Howell's number one. I mean, that dude is as nice as can be, and he stripes the ball. He does. I'm kind of shocked uh, that you said that. Like, Charles Howell doesn't seem to be, I mean, he seems like a nice guy, but he doesn't seem to be like a, a tour favorite. Like, I heard he's, like, pretty quiet and kind of keeps to himself. That's interesting. No, I mean, he's just, he's just, he's really friendly. Um, there's a lot of guys that keep it themselves. Um, but he's always cordial, always knows, you know, I mean, I've played with him enough times now, but I'm still a little shocked, not shocked, but until about six months ago, I was, every time he was like, Hey, Will, what's going on, man? I was just like, Whoa, that is, that is really cool. Um, so, uh, just cause I mean, he just strikes it. I'm telling you, it is watching him play. I mean, he's just the ultimate pro and, um, you know, everybody knows it. Everybody knows that he's finishing 14th every single start. What do you think it is that maybe Keith has kept him from winning? I mean, just that, that, that's always kind of baffled me. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, more, he's I guess. Right there. He's always right there. Um, you know, he could be a guy that I don't know how old he is, maybe 36, 35. Um, mm-hmm. he's a guy that, you know, starting next year could win. I mean, you know, that dude, he could end his career winning a couple majors. Um, you know, I, I would not surprise me at all. So, um, you know, everybody just needs to pat him on the back. Let's start with some of the fun stuff. Um, and we want to start with, you know, the fact that, Will, you are the darling of the DFS community, the daily fantasy sports world on Twitter. I'm sure you figured this out. But, you know, the, the people like Pat and I who play fantasy golf and enjoy fantasy golf, um, you know, love following tour players on Twitter. We follow all of them. And you clearly mm-hmm. are the most you know, engaging guy on, on Twitter as far as responding to fans and talking about your game. And, you know, I know a couple of weeks ago you sent some loser a, a hybrid that I you know, we, we were all hoping you just wouldn't do, but I think you're too nice of a guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was a funny day. Yeah, talk about that kind of stuff, man. Just, you know, why you decided to embrace that audience and, uh, you know, kind of what it's done for you or, or you know, have you... Have you had your hand slapped a couple times for stuff like that? Or tell us about that. Um, a little bit. I mean, you know, I just, that day when I think, yeah, yeah, it was the week that I, um, I said, all right, I'm playing good. And, and I like a broken record, but, um, you know, this time I literally am. Then I just was like, I had a good practice round. I took some money from like Sean O'Hare or something. And I was just kind of like, I'm going all in on myself. And, uh, so I, I you know, I, got a little, I bragged a little bit and, uh, and I didn't come through and missed cut by a damn shot. And, and then I, uh, I was like, all right. I told myself after that round, I was like, the three people that say the meanest stuff are getting free gear. And, uh, I was like, I want some negative. I want negativity out of these people. And, um, because I deserved it. And, uh, so yeah, I know that was a little silly, but I know, and I doubt anybody's ever done that. And that's what I thought was funny about. I was just like, right when I forgot what he said to me, but it was, it, if it was going to be something like about my mom or, you know, something real mean, then I wasn't going to do it. But it was just kind of funny banter. And I was just like, hybrid, dozen balls, sign ball. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it was bizarre. Uh, you know, I just, I, 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 when I came into playing pro golf, um, and I started hearing about all the fantasy stuff and, uh, just the thought of getting picked for anything is really cool to me. Like, you know, I played fantasy football in college and, and all that. And, uh, just seeing my picture and that people are taking me, you know, sometimes I, in the high percentage, uh, 
I just always was really fascinated by that. And, and I know it's just money driven and, you know, but it's still like, you know, sports people or people that I like to, you know, like to pick their brains. And cause I mean, I, I don't know a ton about sports, but I actually love sports and watch it and watch them constantly. I'm a big NBA fan. I love mostly pro. Um, I can't really get into the college as much anymore that I'm not college age. I mean, in Alabama, you like have to be a football fan. And if you're not, everybody thinks you're from like, you know, Mars or something. Right. Um, so, uh, but anyways, um, yeah, I just, I'm so fascinated by, uh, the passion that people show for it. And, um, I just think it's badass. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I just, I'm flattered. I just, it's a really neat deal. And to be included on something like that is just, you know, it just blows my mind. I just, every day I'm just like, that is, that worked out good. Well, it's awesome. We, we definitely appreciate the, the interaction and, um, you know, our thoughts are, you know, we watch a lot of tournaments that normally we wouldn't watch just because uh, we kind of got something on it. And, um, you know, we know about a lot of players that we wouldn't know because we're, we're digging in and, and learning about guys that, you know, that we wouldn't have known about. And, you know, the same yeah. guys get TV coverage every week. So if, if you don't, you don't do something outside of watching the, the golf tournament every week, you're not going to know anybody other than the top 10 players in the world. So, yeah, so, yeah, it's uh, it's cool how in depth it's getting. I know. I mean, there are people that have just unbelievable statistical knowledge about the PGA Tour now, and it's like that wasn't going on 15 years ago. Do you ever get Do you ever get folks out on the you know when you're playing that are yelling at you? Hey, you know, we got you, we got you, Will, on our fantasy team or our DraftKings team or, or things like that. Do you hear that while you're out there, or you just kind of totally focus? You, you just you kind of tune that out. Uh, no, no, I hear it. Uh, I mean, when you're playing bad, like, you know, I had somebody yelling something at me in Tampa and I just like sniped the first tee ball and it was just, like the worst shot I've ever hit. And then, um, you know, and then they're like trying to say something to me. That would be the only time I would be kind of like, cause at that point you're just, I mean, I'm just trying to make a cut. I'm just trying to play on the weekend and not lose another five grand on travel expenses. So it's yeah. just kind of like, you know, I'm just like, ah, yeah. but, but if I'm, you know, everything is going nice. I mean, I, I like to talk to people in the crowd and um as long as they're like respectful and not acting like idiots I, mean, I, I you know the scottsdale tournament was just like walking in a dreamland i mean I, i'm just ear to ear smiling the whole time i mean you know it's I, I like to you know i like to give a you know a ball to the kids or even give a ball to a good-looking chick um <laughs> just write my cell phone number on it like holler at me um <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just a cool deal out there. And, and I'll, I'll definitely talk to any, I mean, the DraftKings people, especially, they already know a little bit about me. So, you know, it's funny to give them a little bit of crap. One of the things we love is caddies. We love caddy stories. Um, we've had a caddy on Paul Story, who was Webb Simpson's caddy. Um, mm-hmm. and he was great. So any, you got any funny, any caddy stories just from your golfing career so far that, that you can, uh, you can talk to us about? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, uh, I had, I doubt Neil will ever hear this. Um, he's over <laughs> in England right now, but, um, he's a play of one of my, my roommate from college is Scottish kid. And, uh, you know, you know, if you miss a cut, especially this is my rookie year on the web. So, I mean, we're just like, I've been like literally in California for the first time in my life. And I was just like, this is, you know, being from just a hole in Alabama, it's like, you know, we're all, we're traveling around and I was like, yeah, man, uh, you can caddy for me for a few months. And so Neil was out there and basically living off like 
McDonald's cigarettes and beer. And um, <laughs> that's what he was living off of. Deadly combination. Yeah, but it, at 22 years old, this is kind of whatever. And uh, so we're we're traveling around, and Neil, big drinker. I mean, I I don't mind a couple of cocktails either. But um, so I missed the cut in California and uh, in Saboba, and we go over to I knew a girl from high school that lived in West Hollywood. So uh, we drove over to L.A. and we were out, you know, hanging and drinking. And um, about 2 a.m., we get back to her apartment. And, uh, Neil, we're all sitting inside talking still. And, um, Neil's like, I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette. So he walks out on like Hollywood Boulevard damn near. I mean, he's like right off a little side street right near, I mean, you know, it's busy. It's not that busy at 2 AM, but still there's a lot of people out. And, and, you know, after about an hour of me and her, we were chilling. And then I, I was like, where, where is Neil? I don't know where this guy is. He never came back in. So I go outside and he's passed out in, in the middle of the street. Um, like laying underneath this car, and you know, it was like that would probably be the most interesting thing that a caddy of mine is what he's done. I had to like peel him off the road, uh, peel on Hollywood Boulevard or whatever road that is. Could be Sunset, I don't know. But anyways, pretty uh, that was pretty funny. I was like, dude, <laughs> let's act like pros a little bit more. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, I, I'm sure I could, you know pull a few more out but anyways caddies are always great uh, i mean i've had a caddy look at me and be like uh, we we missed the first cut he looks at me in the middle of the second round of the second event he's caddying for me and he goes you were the worst professional golfer i've ever seen in my life oh nice yeah. <laughs> i was just like all right so you know obviously well you've got a good sense of humor we can all we can all tell that yeah and, and i thought it was really funny when i read that your dream foursome Included you, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, and then Boo Weekly, who yeah. you know we love Boo Weekly. We we've yet to have him on the show, but we'd love to get him. And uh, our, our buddy Stephen Bowditch is a huge fan of Boo Weekly as well. And he told us on the, yeah, on the podcast that he was Boo Weekly's natty light caddy uh, most yeah. of the time. What yeah. is it about Boo Weekly? What is just what's the best thing you've ever seen Boo Weekly do or say? Um, I mean, he, uh, he's actually got like hunting property about, well, he did, it's called the Ponderosa and it was randomly in my hometown that I grew up in this little town called Pell city. And, uh, and he owned hunting land there and it was a beautiful property and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I started hanging out with boo, um, a little bit around the Birmingham area when I was like 22 or, you know, 21, 22. And, you know, he, he doesn't mind to. He doesn't mind a natty light either. And, uh, but anyways, he, he just, he just bursts into song, you know, he'll just, especially in like a practice round. I, I admire his, his ability to, I mean, you know, he's just, he found his niche and uh, obviously he's a, just a country boy. There's not many of those out on tour that flaunt it the way that he can, but I mean, you got to hand it to him. It's, he's just been great for the game. I feel like, and, uh, but uh, the best thing that he does is when you're playing a practice round and, you know, you're out on a tee box, a little secluded in the in the back, and there's like some some fans around, and he'll I mean he'll just burst into song. Um, <laughs> he'll just burst into singing some Merle Haggard or you know Hank Junior, and it, it's hilarious. Um, that's probably the best thing. Well, other than other than Boo, other than Boo who are uh, you know who are some other guys that you hang out with on tour, and you know kind of what do y'all do? You know, you know for fun. 
you know, to sort of break, I get break up the, the week and, uh, you know, when you're out on tour. Um, I mean, it's not too hard. Uh, as always, especially on the PGA tour, there's just always, we're always in these nice cities and, um, you know, you just meet people at the tur at the tournaments. It seems like, you know, people half the time want to buy you dinner and it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a cool, it's a cool position to be in. But anyways, loop, Andrew loop, um, one of my really good buddies, Steve Marino, uh, Will McKenzie, um, and, uh, Spencer Levine. Um, they're all good buds. I would say that's kind of the squad. Um, yeah. Hung out with, I've, you know, rented multiple houses with them. I mean, it's always nice when everybody can pool together their money, pay a lot more for a house and then get something nice. So that's what we do. Um, you know, a good bit, especially now. I mean, on the web, you can't afford that stuff, but, um, you know, now like Steve, Steve's sponsored by like net jets, <laughs> like every now and then, you know, Steve had a great run in the mid two thousands. And, uh, so he's like loaded and he's got all these, uh, these great investments and you know so like I'll, I'll i'll find myself on a private jet with him every now and then i'm like this is badass i mean i would <laughs> never do that i could never do that on my own you know um and i'm not one that can ever call shots like that i can never be like i'm gonna get a plane for myself um but uh anyways um but yeah i like to roll with those boys um and what, I don't know what we do we uh we chill dude <laughs> steve marina was rolling so deep i had no idea that's that's yeah, check it. I mean, that dude made a ton of money on, on the DJ tour, and he's single, and you know, never been married, never been, you know, um, any of that. So, uh, no, it's uh, it's surprising. I mean, guys that are smart with their money out here, you know, their careers last such a long time. It's not like a three year NFL career. Yeah, um, and mm -hmm. and your back's shattered. I mean, you know, golfers. That's the thing. We can just chip away at it forever. And then, wow, you know, after 10 years, no one's heard my name yet, but I'm still living really comfortably. Um, yeah. So it's just a situation that uh, we're just really lucky to do, you know, what we do. But, you know, I mean, definitely a lot of restaurant going and, you know, trying to hit all the, you know, as many of the local spots. Um, you know, you, you want to eat good tournament week. Um, so eat a lot of good seafood and, um, you know, go to the bars. I mean, not, we're not like outraging or anything, but it's always nice to go to the little restaurant and bar district districts on the Monday and Tuesday night. And then, you know, maybe Friday, if you miss the cut. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of still learning the ropes a little bit, but, uh, you know, go to tournament weeks are a blast. So we had uh, we had Scott Brown on a, a, a couple months ago, and and he gave he just a little dirt on his good buddy Kisner, and then and then Kisner we had him, and he he kind of dissed it back. Um, mm -hmm. Any any uh, any dirt you got on any of your buddies out on tour, you can you can throw out there. Um, I mean, kind of not really anybody in particular. I don't know. It's always funny just to hear. You know, let's see, what's a, what's a good, I don't want to get thrown under the bus. So I don't want to throw anybody <laughs> else under the bus, more importantly. <laughs> well, they uh, just said funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, funny they stuff. Said, yeah, but the only thing that's coming to mind is stuff that's more like tragic. No, not tragic, but um, anyways, uh, <laughs> it always seems like the first thing that always comes to mind is something with like a woman, but whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, probably, we probably don't need to go there, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> anyhow, 
uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, a lot of different personalities out there. It's funny just to observe the whole thing. It's like middle school. Um, <laughs> you know, the funniest thing with me was the thing with um, uh, Brendan Steele, but me and me and like uh, yeah. Colt, me and Colt knows too. I can I would definitely consider Colt a buddy now, but one day he was under the weather and. Um, I mean, we were in each other's faces, <laughs> like <laughs> F-bombs and just angry. And, you know, it was just like such a little, you know, <laughs> an elementary school fight. But it was still, like, you know, you should the little things that occur out on the course mid-tournament round. I mean, it gets, it gets more heated than you could ever imagine. I mean, uh, people standing nose to nose, like, make the first move. I mean, that happens, like, <laughs> once a week. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I mean, what happened with you? Can you say what happened with you and Colt? Yeah, I was walking down a uh, fairway, and like I say, he—I think he was sick that day. And you know, I'm, I'm cranky when I'm sick as well. And um, I like hit a pine cone with my wedge, just because you know I'm pretty hyperactive. I'm just—I'm holding the club pretty much at all times. I'm swimming. I'm taking five million practice swings. Um, throughout the day and I just kind of whacked a pine cone and it hit kind of the bottom part of it where a little harder and it made a loud noise. And, um, you know, I was maybe 15 tournaments into my career at that point and, um, you know, whatever. So, uh, you know, I've been playing kind of bad, probably complaining a little bit. So I was already wearing him down and, uh, not that he wasn't, but anyways, so I made this noise and Mark Wilson had about a six foot or a hundred, 150 yards away on green. And he just came over there and just told me how childish I was acting. And, you know, I needed to pull my head out of my, you know, I was just kind of like, man, what, what, you crawled out the wrong side of the bed this morning. Obviously, you know, it just, it just came over there. And I was just on fire after this because he was so, being such an ass. And then, and then he had a shot to like 30 feet. And I was just kind of like, hey, man, great shot. And so that made him ag- that made him mad again, and then that's when he really basically ran over to me. Wow! Well, so. Speaking of the you know, the, the Brennan Steele thing, we were going to ask you about that. There's there's the famous yeah. Drake range session. I know that you are a connoisseur of the hip hop music, which yeah. I am as well. Pat is not. He's he's a lot older than us. Um, yeah. Oh but, come, uh, come on now, David. You know I, I'm up I'm up with it. I know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, how are things with you and Steely now? I was fine. I mean, he's a, he's a nice dude. I mean, it's, uh, you know, that, that whole thing is actually the, um, I don't think I've ever told anybody this. Um, the girl that I was dating at the time, she was the one playing the music on her phone and she doesn't like, she doesn't really pay attention to what's going on around her. She's not very considerate at times. And, uh, so she's blaring this music and I was just kind of like, yeah, I like this song. I'll just let it keep going. I'm not complaining at her yet. Or, you know, be like, you know, cause, cause I know how guys are out there and, you know, I, I was not shocked at all when I got in a little bit of, you can't call it trouble. It's not like I got fined, nothing really happened, but I did know that instead of talking to me directly and saying, Hey man, I know you've been in like five PJ tour events at this point, by the way, you can't play music on the range, you know? Right. And, and I would have said, okay, my bad, bro. I'll never do it again. You know? I, and, but I was getting pulled aside by officials and it was like, going to the principal's office every day. I, it was like three or four days in a row. I show up at the course and there's another official person saying that what I did was wrong and inappropriate. And I'm just kind of like, is this really this big of a deal? 
<laughs> I was like, all you had to do was say stop, and I would have said, I would have apologized and stopped. You know, I was just like, I'm easy, man. Just, just say stop that, dumbass. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I went, you know, I had a couple beers, and my buddy Renner was like, you need to go to Twitter and call him out for that. Um, just to like show everybody how you know ridiculous it was. So you know, obviously, what happened next was pretty hilarious. And I mean, it, it got me, you know, it got me some notoriety. Everybody associates me with like Drake now, which is like hilarious. Because yeah, I mean, he, he he tweeted you, did he? Yeah, he put me on. I mean, if you look at Drake's Instagram right now, there's a picture of me on it. That's awesome. Like you can pull it out right now, and I'm back in you know whatever mid year 2015. Bam, <laughs> picture of me. I'm just, it's so funny. Uh, and 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 I've gotten you know a lot of people at tournaments say stuff about it because Drake's obviously a huge star. I mean, I I want to. I'm gonna end up backstage this calendar year with Drake. I write that down. Well, I'm sure he's an avid listener of our show. We'll make sure we'll make sure we make that happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's big in that fantasy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got a team yeah. that does fantasy for him. Right. So what's on the earbuds now, man? What are you what are you listening to now? I like you know, rap and everything, but I mean, you know, I love like Neil Young is coming to the Jazz Fest next week and I'm all all pumped up about that. Um so I'm gonna go you know, I love it all. I you know, I'm not a big country guy. Um but I listened to uh a couple new rappers, we'll see Nick Grant. I tweeted at him and he retweeted it. I thought that was pretty funny. Um nice. uh Nick Grant and New rapper, like Boss, B-A-S, B-A-S. Anyways, I like these kind of, you know, Southern hip-hop guys that are just kind of coming out. And their first album is always so sick. And then they just kind of peter away. You know, I feel like they get the money and everything, and then they just kind of give up on it. But anyways, um, you know, I, I need to look in there. But I pretty much just have about 10 songs every two or three tournaments. And I just got them on a loop. And that's all I listen to um it just gets me real hyped up um so uh yeah i mean i'm a ton of that neck around right now we got we'll just ask a few more questions and we uh again we really appreciate your time will um so so i i just gotta know i know i think you're a big falcons fan what's what's wrong with the falcons i mean the injuries killed them when they okay so they what they won the first game was a um playoffs a couple years ago just barely and then got drummed and Maybe that was the year Green Bay won, or anyways. Um, no, no, they lost to Seattle. That's who it was. Um, yeah. and then Seattle went on to win. So, anyhow, uh, you know, kind of running into the brick walls like that, not making any solid playoff runs ever. Um, I think that's just got to stick in their heads or something. I mean, I love, I love, uh, Matty Ice, though. Um, I, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. You know, like Roddy White and Julio, they're, they're both Alabama people. And so, you know, I just, I, I love the Falcons because, I mean, we don't have any pro sports in Alabama, so you just default to all the Atlanta sports. But, um, you know, I don't, I mean, you know, they made some weird uh, getting rid of uh, Turner. Um, yeah. They don't have a good running game, really, and it's just kind of, you know, when you just have two, you know, weapons in the, the wide receivers, you know, it's just kind of, and then they're getting hurt all the time, and I don't know. They just they, what were they one of the worst defenses last season as well? Yeah, they um, they, they have. I think that's you know we got the draft coming up next week, so uh, I know that's what they're going to focus on. And uh, but uh, yeah, old Roddy though he was a UAB guy. Um, of course, they yeah. just, I, I, you may, you may not have 
seen this because it's obviously the middle of year season, but they got rid of Roddy. So, um, did they really? Yeah, they did. So, uh, you know, that's that's for sure. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I've been to five or 10 games maybe. And, uh, I, uh, you know, I love the Falcons and there's somebody to pull for because I get kind of tired of get tired of the uh the college football these days for some reason. I am just not into it as much. But I always try I'm more into the the Hawks, you know, the NBA. That's kind of my that's my go to. Um yeah. I think the NBA is a blast to watch. Either love it or you hate it though, that's for sure, with the NBA. Yeah, I'm a big no, NBA we're fan. I love I love this time of year. Playoff time is a lot of fun, so and yeah, it's, too, but yeah, they're just they're never gonna get there. I, I don't know. Nah, they won't. Is it? I don't know what it is. Is it a cap space thing or something? I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, they can't I, get in. They can't keep a player. It's just a building. You know, it's a place where guys, you know, build themselves up and then go somewhere else. Um, or they always yeah. have it like it's fairly deep. But and then Kyle Korver's not shooting as good as he was, and it's just like I don't know. Uh, Jeff Teague never. I mean, he's great, but you know, it's just amazing how these other teams. You know, just, I mean, it's unbelievable that, uh, I, I'm wondering where the whole OKC thing is going to go for next season. That's going to be wild to see what those two guys do. Um, but I, I, think, um, I think with Scott Brooks going to DC, I think Kevin Durant's probably heading that way. He's from there and all that. We appreciate it, man. This was, this was awesome. And, um, keep up, keep it up, man. We're looking forward to seeing the big things turn around for you this year. Appreciate it. Yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun. I mean, I'm, so much the, the the stress has just melted away over the last about ten days. When I, I mean, it was it was Friday of RBC. I was standing on the range, just hanging my head, wondering how to hit the golf ball. And I've been wondering the same thing for sixty days, and now it's finally come around to me. And it's uh, you know, my caddy knows, I know, you know, my agent knows, <laughs> my friends know. I'm excited, and and I think I think it could be a real fun summer, and I hope. Hope I can represent good for everybody and get some get people some cash like last year. Yeah, thanks, Will. And uh, where can uh, where can our listeners check you out on Twitter? What uh, what's your handle? Uh, Will Wilcox Golf. All right, Will. We we really appreciate it, man. And uh, good luck this week. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. M four. All right, y'all have a good one. Appreciate it. All right, Golf Addicts, David and Pat, back at you. What an incredible interview from our boy, Will Wilcox. We really, really appreciate Will taking the time to come on the show. And just a great guy. Gave us, you know, some some great insight and told some good stories. Just seems like a genuinely good young guy on tour and uh, makes it even easier to pull for him um, as if we weren't already pulling for him anyway. So really appreciate the time. That was, that was some good stuff. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, man, it was uh, it was great having him on. I know we've been wanting to have him on for a while, and uh, just very gracious to do that with us, and gave us all the time in the world. And uh, I'm I'm excited for him this year and this week. Um, I, I like him this week, and and but again, yeah, just a great interview. So was uh, super excited. Hopefully, we'll get him back again sometime. Yeah, and, and you know, I thought he gave us some some nice insight into his own game, and seems like Will's a pretty realistic guy and got a good head on his shoulders he he knows when his game's there and when it's not and you know felt like he he was kind of in this rut and and all of a sudden he feels like he's got it and he's you know it makes sense he's played you know it's not his rookie season or last year wasn't even his rookie season technically but it feels like it just because a lot of the events this season that he's played he's not seen the courses before but 
I'm a little more familiar with the courses coming up, including this week at TPC Louisiana for the Zurich. So I'm um, feeling good about Will. I'm feeling good about his game, too. He, he definitely convinced me. So uh, I'm excited for him. I hope he goes out there and wins some money for himself, actually, this week. So yeah. great stuff. This is, the time, this is about the time, I think, last year where he started uh, kind of kind of getting his name out there a little bit. So maybe we'll, yeah. maybe we'll see that again this year. Well, and then, you know, just to recap, the Valero Texas Open, Charlie Hoffman finally closes one out, which was good to see. I was pulling for Charlie. I was not pulling for the Ricky Barnes narrative and, you know, 220-something starts, never a win. Uh, I would have I – was, I was really hoping Charlie Hoffman would win it. And, um, obviously, we were big on him last, last week. We told everyone not to make the mistake of fading him just to, uh, to go against popular opinion there. So – Glad to see Charlie won. Other than that, a pretty non, um, you know, non-event event, if you will. So I don't have yeah, any, anything had, really to add. <laughs> you had a few uh, interesting names pop up there on the leaderboard. Brandon Grace made a little run uh, on Sunday, but didn't didn't quite have enough. But uh, he was he was back up there again. And you had old Martin Pillar in, in the hunt, and and you know his wife plays on the LPGA tour. I thought that was kind of interesting. So. Well, and yeah, if you if you watch four seconds of the coverage, um, CBS was sure to tell you that. I, I so. bet they were. You know what? I, I will say I, I was on a little little family uh, kind of quick vacation weekend, so uh, I didn't I didn't watch too much of the coverage except for about the last three or four holes on on Sunday. Yeah, they were all over that Martin Pillar and. Um, Gentiva or something. I don't know what her name is, whatever her name was. They were all over that, like, constantly. Um, it was pretty annoying, as coverage mostly is annoying. So, um, But, you know, good to see that. I think I saw a number that, like, he and his wife brought home a total of, like, 350000 yesterday. So that's a good that's a good day at the office for the old husband-wife duo, I, I do think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess he doesn't ever have any trouble when he tells the wife he wants to go out and uh... – you know, play some golf, right. practice or anything. He's he's one of the few in the in the world who who doesn't have to. Uh, there you go. Yeah. You know, now with many excuses for that. Now you know that's the Valero, and we and we had a good week. We we had some good picks in there. A lot of our guys made the cut, and um, like I said, named the winner, and had some guys showing up. But you know, forget the Valero because there was a couple of there's a couple of storylines this week. You know, and. Not every week do we have such headlines to talk about, but I think you know we want to make this podcast, at least our portion of the podcast, a little quicker just because Will's interview was so good, and you know we wanted to bring you all that and, and give as much of it to you as we can. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about a couple things. You know, I think one minor story, in my opinion, would be you know the big cat's return, right? And he and he shows up right down the street from us here at Sage Valley at the Junior Invitational, which is a pretty big event. And uh, he's hitting drivers on the range and hitting his, his famous stinger shots, and he's looking good, and he's tweeting pictures, so everybody's getting amped up. And then we found out, I believe it was today or yesterday, about uh, you know him going ahead and registering for the U.S. Open just in case kind of thing. So all the Tiger talk is coming back, and everybody's getting amped up and, and, and eager for the return of the big cat. So that was something interesting, you know, um, it is what it is. Whenever he's ready to come back, come on back, man. But, you know, I feel like golf's in a great state without him. Obviously, it'll be better with him, but I don't really care all that much. So, that's my yeah, two I'm, cents a, I'm, I'm excited to see him come back when he does. I, I do think there's a little bit, 
it's kind of been blown out of proportion about him signing in or signing up for the for the open. I think you're right. It was more of just a formality to to you know just in case, but. You know, everybody's pointing at it like he's going to be coming back for the U.S. Open, and, and I just don't know that yet. And and to me, I can't even—I'd be surprised too if that would be the first tournament. I mean, you go right off of this long break into playing a tough course for the U.S. Open. I, I don't really see that, but yeah, I don't think so. Um, so if anything, if he is coming back, he'll probably hit a tournament before that. But yeah, you know, I'll be happy to see him come back. But um, but then you I'll, but then you had the the, the biggest storyline to me of the whole week. <laughs> It was hashtag SB2K16. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, some Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Smiley Kaufman, no shoes, no shirt, no problems at Baker's Bay in the Bahamas, right? I think in the Bahamas. Just living life to the fullest, showing us all what it's like to be young, attractive, single, wealthy PGA pros. <laughs> <laughs> you know, living the dream. Um, just that—that that was funny. Like I, I don't know how much of it you saw. Uh, I'm not on Snapchat, even though I'm—I'm I'm the younger tour junkie. I'm not a Snapchat guy, but I, I did go up to a kid in my office um, on Friday, and I was like, "Dude, pull up Ricky Fowler on Snapchat and let me watch everything he's done." And I sat there and watched video after video for probably six or seven minutes, just laughing hysterically at the, the, the stuff those guys were doing. I mean, to see Jordan Spieth, you know, saying, I have a belly button, you know, in the background of somebody's backswing that makes no sense <laughs> was just hilarious. And Smiley Kaufman, more points for that guy in my book. Like, he just seems like the total life of the party. Uh, um, I think he was the star of the show from what he I He was. He was. Well, did you see that uh, Ricky gave out – I think it was Ricky. It was either Ricky or Justin no, Thomas. No, it was, it was Justin Thomas. It was Justin Thomas. Gave that, that out he, uh, awards. Yeah, sorts. yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, you got to go to Justin Thomas's Twitter, and he typed out on a note thing, uh, you know, typed out kind of the awards for the week, and I think Smiley was MVP. Just the guy was just a trip. Did you see him hit the – you see him hole out the bunker shot and then jump in the pond? No, I did not see that, and, and – Apparently, I, I I saw a lot of the pictures. I haven't seen any of the video, but I'm, I literally was so close to downloading the Snapchat app and getting on it just, just for this yeah. purpose alone. <laughs> yes. And I've never even been intrigued to get on it before, but I was this week. Totally. Well, and I, I was going to show it to another guy today, and I asked that same kid at my office to pull it up. And he's like, dude, it's it's gone after 24 hours. And I was like, what do you mean it's gone? And he's like, it's Snapchat. Like, that's the point. Like whatever you put on there is gone after 24 hours. I was like, "That's a crock! I don't understand why." You know, like, why are kids <laughs> doing this? That it shouldn't be gone, but it was gone. So I'm sure, I'm sure, plenty of people ripped the video, and and you could probably find it. But uh, I'm well, glad I mean, that. Wouldn't I, it just be? would it just if it wasn't didn't have that that feature? Wouldn't it just basically be Instagram? I, well, yeah, but with longer video possibility because like Snapchat, you can do longer than 15 seconds. Oh, so, okay, all right. Yeah, anyway, I mean, it's so funny. So SB2K16 got a lot of love, and, you know, there, there was the whole message where they texted Rory and invited him to go, and he turned it down, and now he regrets it. So I just feel like next year SB2K17 is going to be, like, you know, crazy. It's going like, to be like old school, you know, what was that show, MTV Spring Break, you know, like when you used to watch – 
like Bill Bellamy hanging out by the pool and a bunch of girls shaking it. And, you know, that, that's what it's going to be like next year. I think they're going to take it to another level. Well, they better keep at least the core group. They can't – hopefully they don't change that much. You know, let's let, – let, you know. You know they got they they got to keep that going, but yeah, I'm excited to see it next year. And uh, that was pretty cool. That was fun this week. You know, that's the stuff that I love about these younger guys on tour yep. is that they 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 not they just relate to you know you know I mean you always say I'm a little bit older, but I do still feel like I can somewhat relate. And uh, you know to the younger generation and just I don't know I, that's I just love that about these guys and. And uh, anyway, it, it like you said earlier, you know, even without Tiger, the tour is in good hands. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen a couple of stuff on, you know, some stuff on Twitter about Tiger wouldn't be doing this or you never saw this with, and I, I mean, I just hate that stuff. Like, first of all, because oh, Tiger was, had a great example, didn't he? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like Tiger just didn't have Snapchat to document it all, but Tiger was having a good time. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. really good time. And, you know, and I think, I think there's something different, too, with this generation of golfer. Like, there's a different level of camaraderie here. Like, even though there's some, there's some killers out there on tour that, that when it comes to competition, you know, like, they're not going to relent. But at the same time, I, I feel like there's a different level of camaraderie than there was in the Tiger Phil era, you know, where everybody kind of felt like yeah. the top level guys at least felt like they were kind of on an island. But, totally agree, and and uh, you know, just to jump real quick back to you know this past week's tournament when Hoffman won. I mean, Billy, you could uh, didn't see. I mean, Billy Horschel was almost just as excited as Hoffman was. was. I mean, yeah. So I mean, that was really cool to see. I mean, you could just tell there these guys are. I mean, there is that attitude that they're they're out to beat each other. I mean, the the competition is there, but but they're also. Um, you know, pulling for each other, and it's it's just good to see. I mean, I, I think it's it's fun. Well, there was there was one other storyline that uh, kind of came out late yesterday, or maybe this morning, I guess. Um, and you kind of have an inside track to it. So, you know, the the story being that Kevin Kisner was suspended from his home club right down the street at Palmetto Golf Club for his video he did for, I think it was Crank TV or something like that, um, you know, for racing golf carts at the club. And I know that, you know, that, that you and Kiz are boys and, and you're buddies with a lot of the guys that were in that video with Kiz. So tell us, uh, give us a little inside scoop on that. Yeah, so um, so they filmed this video back really about two or three months ago because um, if you watch the video, you'll notice a lot of them are in kind of cold weather golfing gear but um so it was some kind was it vice or something like that um it was sponsored by callaway though yeah that's right vice my bad vice yeah yeah. and they did a lot of um they actually shot um at the course at palmetta golf club and then they had a a bowling outing but apparently that got cut um and i have a few um guesses as to why but (laughs) (laughs) but they uh but anyway so yeah there was a little segment on uh on on the course where they did a quick kind of golf cart race that i think the producers really had them do and um that uh ticked off some of the brass i guess you could say which is really just old school folks at palmetto i mean they don't have a lot of young people that they they really i mean there's a lot of young members but the younger members don't seem to have much say so i guess if you will over at the club and apparently it ticked some of them off and 
they had a vote, and uh, pr- apparently it was fairly unanimous and without any discussion with these guys, and they, they suspended them, not just kids, but, but the, all the ones that were in the video that were actually members there. And um, I don't know, it's a dumb to me. I mean, they suspended them for like 30 days, I think till June 1st. So, I mean, to me, I mean, my thing is, it, it, even if, you know, okay, even if you say that it's wrong to race golf carts, which to me it was that's just dumb anyway, but... You know, why didn't the club have a representative out there to at least watch what's going on? Or, you know, I mean, there's filming going on on their course, you know, to, you know, that's going to go out to the public or whoever else. You know, I don't know. I just think they, they made some mistakes on their part. And to just make an example out of kids and the others is just absolutely ridiculous. It's just typical country club crap. Well, and, and just, you know, so we're clear too like you you've been a member at palmetto so like you know this very well and uh and you know the club and you know kind of the like you said the brass of the club making decisions and um i mean kisner lives on this what 17th hole right he lives on the 17th hole grew yeah, I mean, up he's over there playing that golf all course? the time yeah i mean he grew up there he played whenever he is not playing out on tour he's in he's over there all the time he provides them great publicity, um, and so and now they've turned something that really was more of a positive for the club into a negative because this is this is going to get out. You know, Kiz has already tweeted some stuff about it. I'm sure he's not too happy, and so I mean, to me, you just you just turn, you know, a situation that really could have been a non-event into worse for the club because I, I feel like this is relatively new. I mean, we we're just found out about this yesterday. I feel like it might, you know, kind of get a little bit bigger, but not too much. I mean, Kiz is probably going to just put it behind him and move on, but who knows well, and who you know, else is going to pick it up. I agree with you. I mean, like you said, if if the course had a problem with it, then it should have been – somebody should have been, you know, realistic enough and not old and stuck in their ways so much that they could have said, you know, this has never happened at our golf course before because we've never had a film crew that cared to come out here and do this. And, you know, we might have made a mistake by not having a course, a club representative, just making sure that what was happening was okay. And so lesson learned, let's talk to the guys, let's tell them kind of what we, you know, what we feel. Lesson learned, and now, you know, moving forward, we just know that that's that's a non-negotiable, that if you want to film something out here, you're going to have a club representative with you. There's going to be certain things you're allowed to do and some things you're not. Yeah, but yeah. you know, instead, it's just you know, let's let's make an example and let's kind of bite the hand that feeds a little bit. I mean, not 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 that Palmetto. I mean, it's the oldest golf club in the state of South Carolina, so it's doing just fine outside of Kevin Kisner. But I mean, it, Kisner's definitely helping. You know, I mean, I, I just can't believe that. And I'm sure they just said, well, you know, we can't treat Kisner any different than we would any other member. But I don't know. I kind of I feel like that's kind of old logic and stupid as well. But. It is what it is. Kisner was pretty funny, though. He he did tweet this morning that he was on the range at Sage Valley getting ready for uh, for the Wells Fargo and I think the players, and he commented on the, how nice the course was and the people and the facility. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously, was... I mean, Palmetto is a cool club, but, you know, Sage Valley is – I mean, I've, I've played that golf course one time, and it is – it is the, the playing surface of Sage Valley is equivalent to the Augusta National. Like, there is – there is no difference between where you hit your golf ball and putt your golf ball on Sage Valley. Yeah. The only difference is the aesthetics surrounding it, you know, are are slightly different. So 
It's an well, incredible you know, been, golf course. I haven't been as privileged as you, you right, have to, right. to play right. over there, but uh, I would like to one day. But, yeah, Kiz was funny about it. That's the thing about him, too. I mean, he's, you know, I, 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 he, I'm sure he respects the history and everything about Palmetto, but he probably um, is not too happy and doesn't give, you know, too much on, on, on what they have to say. Well, it'll be interesting to see if any more details come out or if Kiz keeps tweeting some some good stuff. So, um, well, let's move on and let's get to the Zurich. We we are going to make some picks here, and uh, you know, with the Wilcox interview being as thorough as it was, we'll probably try to move through these pretty quickly. But Pat and I have definitely done our our research uh, this week, and uh, we're just going to kind of hit through some high tier and mid tier, and then you know, uh, bottom level guys that we like. Um, you know, I think Will brought up a couple things in talking about the TPC Louisiana golf course, which uh, I asked him about right up front. And he, he did, you know, he kind of alluded to uh, it, it kind of being a, a bomber's course somewhat and carrying the ball 285 is, is something he specifically mentioned. Um, you know, and I think some of the results are mixed there. I think there are some, if you look at past winners on this golf course, there's definitely some bombers, but there's also – you know, kind of your total driving guys that can that can get it out there long enough, but they're fairly accurate from the fairway and or, or in the fairway. So um, something to think about there. And and this is just a total ball strikers golf course. Um, so we're we're not really looking at, at much other than you know your tee to, your strokes gain tee to green and some some birdie or better percentages. Um, and I, I'm looking at average points against the field average, which is the stat that uh, FantasyGolfMetrics.com puts out. So I've been looking at that a good bit. And then, you know, we asked him the course history question. He definitely agreed that, that you know, the, the course history plays, um, you know, plays a factor. However, he, you know, also mentioned that recent form really probably plays more of a factor. And that's something that, that we've even talked to with Stephen Bowditch here lately. So recent form is going to be key as well. So those are kind of the stats that we're looking at. Pat, why don't you tell us a little bit about the golf course? Yeah, definitely. So, um this week, Zurich Classic, they're at the uh, TPC Louisiana course, uh, 7,400 yards, about the same uh, distance we had last week, par 72. This is a Pete Dye design. Um, there is a ton of bunkers on this course, over 100 bunkers, I think, were added recently. So, um, you know, that's something to look out for. It also ranked as the fourth easiest course on tour last year. Um, so, and another little quick kind of fact as I was looking back when I was looking at um, just how easy it was it yielded the most birdies of any event in 2015 when you look wow. at the all yeah. four days of the tournament so I think birdie or better percentage is definitely something you're going to want to look at um, we want birdie makers this week um, weather wise uh, I think you can see, you'll see a chance of rain on Thursday and Sunday um, Wind-wise, at least right now, I don't think it's going to be too significant Thursday and Friday, but it could pick up on Saturday and Sunday from what I'm seeing. You might see, um, you know, 15 to 20-mile-per-hour winds uh, on Saturday and Sunday, but uh, I'm going to wait till later this week to, to solidify that and see if I make any changes based off of that. But uh, other than that, uh, that's, that's, I think uh, that's all I got so far on the course. Yeah, you know, I was looking at the scoring as well. The Eagles and the Birdies were were bountiful last last year. Uh, that's for sure. 
it is an easy course. You had Justin Rose winning it at 22 under. Um, Sung Yil No won it the year before. Billy Horschel won it in 13. Duffner won it in 12. Bubba won it in 2011. Jason Bone in 2010. And Jerry Kelly in 2009. Just some recent guys there. So you can kind of see what I was talking about as far as like a mix of guys who can, you know, who can smoke it out there a long way and guys who are more, you know, total driving guys. Um, you know, the par threes out here I think are going to be key too. That's another stat that I looked at. So there's four par threes and they're all over 200 yards or in that 200 to 225 range. So the, the par three distance as well as from the fairway, you're kind of greater than 200 yard proximity number uh, I think is also important. So those are, those are some things I'm looking at. Uh, you know, to, to note also, there's a good number of LSU boys in this field. So, again, uh, you know, TPC Louisiana in Avondale, Louisiana, so right down the street from these guys. So, uh, might favor a, cu- a couple of those guys, not, not too many of them, but a couple of them. So, let's get into it. As far as your top tier guys, so like, you know, we're not going to go line by line just for the sake of time, but maybe from from day down to um, maybe Byung-Hun and So from day down to the average price of 8300 who are some key guys that you're going to target there uh, in that range, Pat? Well, you know, right at the top, you know, I do like Jason Day this week. Um, you know, I think his price is okay at twelve five. He obviously should be the top guy. Um, he actually, you know, he finished fourth last year but then hadn't played this tournament for six years, five or six years before that. Um, so he's, uh, he's back again. I do like him. Love Rose again this year, uh, defending champ. I think, um, he definitely has a shot to, to do that again. I like him coming off a break too. So I think, um, Justin Rose could, is, is another one of my top guys this week. And, um, going on down a little bit, I'm going to skip down, um, because I'm not as huge on Fowler, and, and I mean, Hoffman, again, has been playing well, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to um, – I'll probably have him in some lineups, but but he's – I really like dropping down to Smiley Kaufman. I love him at 9,500. LSU guy. Uh, yeah, you know, speaking of the LSU guys. So, um, you know, those, those guys and another one of my favorites this week, and another guy that does well coming off a break is Charles Howell. At 8,700, I think he's uh, in line. And, you know, we just had Wilcox talk about him a little bit. And and uh, so I'm I'm big on Howell this week at 8,700. And, and those – so out of that range that you gave me down to on, those are those are kind of the guys that I'm targeting. Yeah, and I – so as far as, like, the stats, just – just so I hit this, like the the best box checkers to me when I when I did some research were Rose, Fowler, Hoffman, Horschel, Day, um, Kaufman, and another guy I'm going to mention. A couple of guys I'm going to mention later as we go down into the um, into the mid tier values there. But so those guys hitting those those categories for me as far as points against the field average, tee to green. Uh, proximity greater than 200 and your par three distances as well I think I'm going to fade day just you know this to me this is kind of like last last week in that the tournament is the field is so top heavy I would just rather try to get as many solid golfers in my lineup as possible Uh, I don't want to go too far down because I I, like you love Justin Rose so I've got to have some lineups with Rose he checks the box in every category for me here you know, Ricky does too from a stat perspective, but I think I might fade a little a little hashtag SB2K16. You know, maybe he's maybe he's still recovering from the, the Baker's Bay fiasco and 
Um, I don't know, like I don't, I don't know, just for the price. But, but then again, like Smiley Kaufman, I really like, who was also at the SB2K16 trip. I don't know. I just like I like him coming home to Louisiana and doing his thing, um, and, and a little cheaper than Ricky, with a lot of upside on that strokes gain tee to green and just being able to bomb it, score a lot of birdies. So yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on Fowler. The one thing I will say is I think I want to try him in some GPPs this week, and the reason is is you know he's coming off of that miscut at the Masters, and then he's missed the cut twice in a row here. Um, so I think he could be kind of a good contrarian play this week. Um, True, yeah. We know, how, we know how good at golf he is. So, yeah. you know, his recent form isn't great because, you know, people are always just going to remember the most recent one he's played in. And um, and, and then his, his course history isn't fantastic the last two years, but before that it was okay. I mean, he did have a 10th place finish four years ago. So um, I'm kind of with you on Fowler as far as my cash lineups, but I actually do like him as a GPP play this week. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I also like Horschel in that, in that range as well. Um, Horschel's got kind of a mixed history here at, at TPC Louisiana. He did win it in 2013. He's also missed the cut on, on the years prior and, and, and right after that, and then he was 48th last year, so not the best course history, but he's in great form. His recent form is awesome. You can see him trending up. I think this is a good, you know, ball striker's course is, is perfect for Billy Horschel. So I'm liking him right there underneath Charlie Hoffman. So my, my top three are going to be Rose, Horschel, and Kaufman. And then I'm with you on Charles Howell completely. He checks the box and points against the field average uh, as well as strokes gain tee to green, and, and he plays this golf course really well. Um, so I'm liking Charlie Howell a good bit. And then dropping down, I mean, Jamie Lovemark intrigues me a little bit on that GPP. He's not in the best form right now. He's, he's had a couple of shaky starts the last couple. But I don't really think, like the Heritage, for example, he missed the cut. But I don't think that was a golf course for him. So I could see him with his length really taking advantage here. So he might be more of a GPP play for me. But in cash, I think I would drop down if we go to that next tier uh, Patton Kazire and Gary Woodland are a couple guys that I really like in that mid-range. Um, Woodland actually checks three of those of those five boxes for me. Uh, points against field average, strokes gained tee to green, as well as birdie or better percentage. So I'm liking Woodland a, a good bit down there. And and then Badley, too, is another guy I still like. I mean, he's in great form. He's, you know, he's coming around. His game's coming around. So... I'm I'm liking a little bads too. He had a great weekend. Um, I think he shot six under on Saturday or something at at, uh, at Valero. So those are a couple guys there in that mid range. Who else you like in that in that mid tier? Yeah, um, you know, Woodland. I don't know. You know, the thing about Woodland that's just so crazy. I just don't think about it. Is that you know he's made nine of ten cuts this year. Yeah. He's been very, yeah. very solid. Um, you know, I love Kazire this week. Uh, you know, we talked about this as just. Um, one of the easier courses on tour and a birdie maker's course. And Kazire is exactly that. He is a, um, you know, he he led, I don't know if he was number one, but he was in the top three on tour for the web.com last year as far, to, far as uh, birdie or better percentage and, and making the most birdies. So um, I love Kazire this week. Um, and, you know, I've talked about, we, we talked to, it's kind of an every other week thing for me, but, Again, he's one of those that I like. Um, another one that I would kind of put in that range that, that I'm sort of big on this week is um, 
Let me find him. I, you know, it's, and it's kind of, this is sort of a shot in the dark, but I like Jamie Donaldson this week at 7,600. Whoa, big um, shot in the dark. Yeah, they're, they're a little outside of the box guy. You know, of his events, he's he's played on tour this year. He's 5 of 5 as far as cuts made. Um, so I think he could be kind of a sneaky play this week. He did miss the cut last time he played in this tournament, but he's only played it once. Um so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and that hopefully he's uh, you know learned his lesson from last time. So Jamie Donaldson at 7,600 to me is a um, kind of a sneaky play this week. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty sneaky. I think that's probably the sneakiest of the sneaky here on this on this show this week. But uh, I think I'll drop down. I'm going to go a little Luke List at 7,400. Luke played well. He's also one that checks three of those boxes for me. Um, he's the lowest price guy that checks at least three boxes. So I'm liking Luke List. Um, and then if, you know, I'm going to keep going down here. Lucas Glover intrigues me a little bit. He's had a good course history here. He's a, he's a ball striker. We know that. Um, so on a course like, like this one, um, it, I think you can, I think you can roll with him. Of course, our boy, Will Wilcox at 7,100, you know, this might be a great week to jump on him in all formats, because if he's saying that he's, he's got it. And, and, you know, he even talked to us a little bit that we, that we didn't air, uh, you know, telling us a little bit about how he's kind of found his game back a little bit and he's feeling good. Uh, you know, this might be the week to jump on him, especially in GPPs. If, you know, people, you know, not everyone's listening to the Tour Junkies podcast. We know that's for sure. But um, this might be a good week to get on him. So I think I'm going to ride a little, a little Wilcox and, uh, and we'll, you know, we'll, maybe we'll give him some good luck. Yeah, I mean, we gotta we gotta have Wilcox in some lineups this week, don't you think? I mean, yeah, how can we not? But I think he's a good play, though. I mean, I, I like him this week, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some lineups in with him, and um, also dropping down. You know, we talked about him at the Heritage, and he was just coming off of uh, you know his heart attack and everything. Jason Bone, I think, is an interesting play. I just I don't know him being so cheap. This is so intriguing to me, and and he's won here before. So, although he did miss the cut last year, and, and uh, again, I think he could be incredible value um, down at, at 6700 So, he's another guy that I'm going to have my eye on this week again, uh, even though the Heritage didn't go that great. Yeah, and I'm down there at 6700 too, but I'm looking at Morgan Hoffman, uh, who has burned me this year, but I'm kind of a sucker for him. Uh, you know, his course history here is pretty good. The last three years, he's, he's finished no worse than 36th. Uh, he was 23rd out uh, his last his last tournament. Now, he missed a bunch of cuts before that. but So maybe he's kind of found something. And, and he's a totally a, a strokes gain tee to green guy. Uh, you know, and just, you know, he just can't do it around the green. So I don't mind a little Morgan Hoffman at 6,700. And then the last guy that I'll, I'll just throw out there for the sake of time would just be another another LSU guy, and that's Andrew Loop. Um, you know, Loop is a is a birdie maker. He checks the box and birdie or better. Obviously, we know that that he's got the fastest ball speed on tour. So, you know, the dude can bomb it. He's actually played this event three times. Some of that might be some, you know, some local exemptions that he got with uh, with LSU. But he has missed the cut twice, and he finished fifty second in two thousand fourteen. So, not the best course history, but obviously he's a different player and um, and he's been playing better this year. So if, if you are going to take a flyer down there, at least get you a local boy that can bomb it and, uh, and score some points. Because you know, if there's a lot of eagles to be had on this golf course, Andrew Loop should have a couple. So that'd probably be as low as I'd go. Uh, there's a couple other guys in there that, that might, you know, pop up by by the time I finish setting lineups on, on Wednesday night. But I think that's probably it for me, man. You got anybody else? 
No, man, I think, uh, you know, there's a few others that I, I may start to look at in that, in that cheaper range, but we'll may have to tease those for later. Maybe, maybe we'll tweet some of those guys out. All right, well, that sounds good, man. What a great show. Really thrilled to have Wilcox on. That was awesome stuff. So, hey, uh, we'd really appreciate you guys. If you don't already, follow us on Twitter at Tour underscore Junkies. We say this every week, but even if you're not a Twitter guy, like that's where most of our content goes out and our messaging and our, you know, uh, all the stuff that we're doing goes out on Twitter. So check that out. Um, we would we definitely appreciate it if you give us a follow. And as always, check us out on iTunes as well and give us a review. We'd appreciate that. And, uh, and tell your friends, man. Tell your friends. Tell your mama. Tell your cousin. You know, tell people about us. Let them know what's up. You know, Wilcox, that's a killer interview. So, Heck yeah. You yeah. know. I, I want to thank I want to thank Will and you know I'm also I was very excited to to be able to do an interview where I didn't have to give an apology. Uh, true, so that true. was that was good. Um, good for you. Yeah, so that was fun. Well, sounds good. Well, thanks, guys. Hope you uh, hope you all have a a good week and uh, may your screens be green. See ya. Point out the colors of you, I see them too, and boy, I like them, I like them, I like them. We way too fly to partake in all this hate, we out here vibing, we vibing, we vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.